Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN with you until 10 o'clock tonight and uh we've got uh we've got a jam-packed show for you tonight let me break it down for you anthony decomo uh, who covers the mets for mlb.com is going to join us momentarily as you've got the mets back in action tonight against the braves what a great series this is for sure um you've got david peterson going up against spencer spencer strider a rookie who's just been uh talk about you know uh, and i've given Garrett Cole, the nickname Whiff Meister. Uh, talk about a guy who is a true Whiff Meister, and that is Strider. Uh, over under strikeouts tonight for him is seven and a half. The Braves on the money line is minus 215. We've got Jake who's producing the show. Again, Jake, I know you're going to get Anthony DeComo on any second now, but like we were talking about it before we hit the airwaves. Like, is that not, an, is that not a, the, the biggest disrespect for the Mets? The fact that the Atlanta Braves are minus 215 on the money line? When there's odds like that, something doesn't make sense to me. It's like, what does Vegas know that I don't know? And last night, Scherzer was plus money. So, I mean, if you bet on the Mets last night, you won some money. And maybe again tonight, with this kind of odds against the Mets, maybe you'll win a lot of money. Yeah, so we're kicking off the show talking all things Mets, getting you ready, a little preview action, getting ready for that Mets um, Braves game, second game of the series, as we know. And, and Jake, who's producing the show tonight, it's just Jake and I, um, you know, we're, we're rolling uh, just uh, two peas in a pod, bosom buddies here all night long with you until seven o'clock. Uh, we saw what Scherzer was able to do in another really great outing for Scherzer last night seven innings, three hits, nine strikeouts, six scoreless innings. So um, so this is a Mets team, of course. We know uh, they're already one up on Atlanta in the series. But as I said just a second ago, Strider is going to be taking, as we like to call it here, the bump uh, for the Braves. And he's been just such a phenomenal uh, pitcher, rookie pitcher. If you got him on your fantasy baseball league, God bless you. Four and two with a two six zero ERA. He's only given up one earned run in 18 innings pitched marinating this for a minute he's got 102 strikeouts in 65 and a half innings how about that i'm going to repeat that 102 strikeouts in 65 and a half innings so uh, really impressive stuff from strider and each and every time i do the show and and, and jake is uh jake is producing we we always we we have a, a little not a little but we we always have a a um a prop bet that we start during the show and then we follow it through. And typically more times than not, Jake's on the opposite side of than me before we bring Anthony in Jake, just out of curiosity, because I've already put money down on it. I got Strider over seven and a half strikeouts tonight against the Mets. Are you, are you with me? Are you on the over with me? Are you going to be rooting with me? Or are you going to be rooting against me? Tonight. Anita, Anita, it's no fun to root with you. I think the, the public audience wants me to root against you and the Mets fans. You know, I always, 
am pro-Yankee and kind of against the Mets. So tonight, I think the Mets bats are going to kind of light up your boy Strider. So let's go with, I'll go with the under. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's on you, dude. Sounds That's good. on you, dude. I'm ready. And, uh, and, and we, always, we, we always go with a bottle of wine. And right now, we're at even money right now in regard to our, our bottles of wine between Jake and I. Without further ado, uh, Anthony DeComo joins us on the show. You can see him all over MLB.com. He does a great job covering the Mets. Anthony, let's look back before we look forward and what a phenomenal night last night from Scherzer. Another great performance, seven innings, three hits, nine strikeouts, six scoreless innings. And since his return, now two starts, 13 innings pitched, five hits, one run, 20 strikeouts and zero walks. Could you have asked for anything better with Scherzer's return? No, when you read off those numbers, Anita, of course you can't ask for better statistically. But I think beyond the statistics, last night was just the perfect example of why you went out and got this guy, why you guaranteed him so much money, made him the richest per annum player in Major League history. Uh, It was because of this. It was because he understands these types of situations he understands the pressures of them. He has won in these situations, and he can do it for you. He can teach the other players around them how to do it, and he talked about that post game yesterday. So it, it all comes kind of package deal with Max Scherzer. This is the kind of guy he can, he can be. This is what he's capable of, and he, he certainly showed it last night. And, yeah, he's been lights out since coming back from the I.L. Again, uh, we've got first pitch happening in about 15 minutes. That's why I wanted to have you on the show as early as possible. Again, Anthony DeComo joining us here again, covering Mets on MLB.com. Uh, David Peterson pitching for the Mets tonight, 5-1 and one with a 3-4-8 ERA, but he's better on the road. What have, have you had? Has, has anybody in the media had a conversation with him in, in regards to his road ERA is 276. Uh, last time he did go up against the Braves, he did win. Uh, so what gives? Why why do you feel Peterson is better on the road than he is at City? Yeah, I, I you know I don't put too much stock into that stuff in general. I think by and large those things tend to be products of just a small sample size. Um, you know, you break it down, you're talking about only a few starts at home, only a few starts on the road, and, and you could probably look at the individual matchups. Tonight is obviously a very difficult matchup for David Peterson against the Atlanta Braves, of so one of the best offenses in the league who played in one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in the league. So it's going to be a tough one, and, and he's probably going to give up a few runs tonight, and, and that's okay. Um, but as far as the actual home road split, I think over time, over the course of the season, that'll probably even out. Uh, he's going up against Strider, of course, a rookie who's just been sensational. I call Garrett Cole the Whiffmeister. I don't know, maybe I should call this rookie the Whiffmeister as well. He's got 102 strikeouts in 65 and a half innings. Each and every show, Anthony, uh, Jake and I, our producer, we, we typically we like to start the show with some type of prop bet uh, in, in, in the slew of Major League Baseball slates. And, and the prop bet for Strider is over under seven and a half strikeouts. I've got the over. Dude's been dealing. He's just been absolutely sensational. So I'm excited to watch this matchup. Your thoughts on Strider this season? Yeah, when you throw 100-plus, it's tough to hit. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. It's, it's not any more complicated than that, frankly. And, um, you know, we'll see as we get into this year a couple of things with Spencer Strider. One is, you know, how do teams – get better how do they react once they've seen him once or twice um you know does he become easier to hit at that point because major league hitters can hit 100 if it becomes predictable and two you know he has some innings concerns going down the stretch i think you know talking to some people around the braves you might be looking at a situation where 
come September, come playoff time, he is that weapon out of the bullpen that can come out and, and just throw gas late in games as opposed to a, a starter, a member of their playoff rotation. So he's definitely an interesting piece, however the Braves decide to use him long term. Um, and, and I'm excited to see him tonight in person for the first time. Yeah, this is going to be a great, great pitching matchup, I believe, in 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 a good, in a great game. The over under is at eight and a half. I'm taking the under tonight um, again because of Strider and how good he's been pitching, and believing that uh, David Peterson is is going to put something together quite good on the road. Um, you know, Anthony, looking at the National League East, as we know, the Mets still at the top of the division with 54 and 33 record. But, uh, you know, that Atlanta Braves team only two and a half back. Just how competitive do you think that this is going to get, uh, especially at, at, at the second half of the season? Very, extremely competitive. I mean, the Mets were very hot early and the Braves were very hot kind of in the middle portion of the season. And, and we'll see who gets more hot in the second half, I mean, these two teams, I think, are pretty evenly matched. Uh, they're both pretty well-rounded. They both have good rotations, um, good lineups, although the Braves have certainly hit better than the Mets of late. Um, both have good bullpens, and they're both probably going to be pretty active at the trade deadline in plugging holes. So, uh, you know, I think the division is realistically going to come down to two things. One is uh, who does better at the trade deadline, who does a better job of filling their needs of, of not only analyzing what their actual needs are, but of, of going out there and making the trades to address them. And two, who wins more games head-to-head? I, I mean, that's, that's really it. They have 14 more counting tonight against each other, and if one team can go out there and win even eight or nine of the 14, well, that team probably stands a pretty good chance of winning the division because these two teams have both shown that they're excellent at beating up on, on some of the other teams in the division, some of the other teams around the National League. So what do they do against each other? That's, that's going to be the biggest question. Uh, great news on DeGrom, right? His third minor rehab start uh, is going to take place Thursday in Syracuse, um, and, and his previous two has been absolutely stellar. So um, what are you hearing about DeGrom, um, how has his body reacted to, uh, to, of course, his, his previous two starts, and uh, how soon do you think we can see him in this rotation after the All-Star break? Yeah, it's been so far so good. He is healthy. He is obviously throwing as hard as we're accustomed to seeing, and, and certainly in these small sample sizes so far of the minor league rehab starts has shown no ill effects of, of this injury. Now, we'll see where that goes as he begins to really you know, ramp up and, and stretch out his arm. That's what he's in the process of right now. Um, he threw, I believe, 36 pitches last time out, so you're probably looking at around 50. This time, I, I believe you'll probably see a fourth rehab start for Jacob DeGrom five or six days after that, 65-ish or so pitches. And then after that, so you're talking about two weeks from where we are today, coming out of the All-Star break, maybe that first series against San Diego is when you might be looking at Jacob DeGrom's return to the rotation. So obviously a lot of variables there, still a lot of things that can happen um, and that might happen. And, you know, I think everyone's going to be holding their breath even once he returns for the rest of the season, that he can stay healthy because he hasn't simply been able to do that. Um, but so far, so good. All the signs that are coming out of the minor leagues are encouraging. And right now that's all you can ask for if you're the men's.
Uh, before we let you go, Anthony, really quick, in, anything new? I, I know you mentioned both uh, the, the Atlanta Braves and the Mets being active, as I like to call it, active and attractive as we get closer to the trade deadline that we know is uh, right around the corner on August 2nd. Uh, any, any new names or, or any traction in, re, in regard to some of, the, some of the players that Mets fans need to pay attention to who potentially could be in a Mets uniform uh, after, the, after the trade deadline? Yeah, it's still pretty early uh, in the process. You're probably not going to see the first significant deals come down, maybe even for another couple of weeks. Um, for me, I still think the Mets need a bat, uh, whether that's Josh Bell, whether that's um, Trey Mancini, whether they go out and explore the catching market. Wilson Contreras is a big name. Uh, those are the names that I'd be really interested to see and will be really interested to see if the Mets go out and uh, really pony up for one of those to make this offense a little more whole than it has been over the past month or so. Um, so we'll see. Relief help, I think, is a given. Uh, rotation, I think, is pretty okay, and the Mets don't need to make a big splash there. But um, offense is the one area where if they do something big, I think that's where it makes the most sense. Uh, you've got a Braves team on the money line right now is minus 215. Jake, our producer, and I were talking about it in the break. Like, talk about, you know, n- no respect. I know Rodney Dangerfield, like, no respect for the Mets. The fact that the Braves, just to win straight up, is minus 215. As Jake said, maybe the handicappers, or I should say the odds makers, know something we don't. Like I said, Strider's been really, really fantastic. But minus 215, uh, something just doesn't sit right with me. What are your expectations for this game tonight? Yeah, look, like I said, it's a tough matchup for David Peterson. A lot of good right-handed hitters in Atlanta's lineup. Uh, Peterson, obviously, the lefty. Um, So we'll see. He didn't pitch all that great last time out, but before that, before he'd gone on paternity leave, he had really looked much improved. So I'm actually very interested to see how David Peterson handles this challenge. Um, it's a tough matchup any game against the Braves. The odds of sweeping a three-game series here in Atlanta are, are very slim, so it was big for the Mets to get the win last night. Um, tonight presents another challenge and another difficult one. Hey, Anthony, thank you so much for spending time with us uh, this, this evening. Really do appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. You got it. Thanks, Anita. Anthony DeComo joining us. You can see his work again all over MLB.com covering all things Mets. First pitch is at about six minutes. And again, so you've got a Mets-Braves matchup, game two of a three-game series. As we know, the Mets took it last last night with Max Scherzer just uh, pitching such a gym and has been phenomenal as well as, hey, listen, we didn't even mention Diaz, right? Like last last three games, he's come out of the bullpen. He's been tremendous. He's got 19 saves and 22 opportunities this season. So we know that Mets, that, that Mets bullpen uh, has been quite fantastic. But, you know, Anthony touched on something really, really great here. And, and that is, well, not great for Mets fans, but just acknowledging, you know, David Peterson uh, going up against this Atlanta Braves lineup, and they are really good against left-handed pitchers. So I still like the under here at eight and a half. Uh, I'm going to play that. Probably my favorite play is Strider going over seven and a half strikeouts. That's our, what do we want to call it, Jake? I feel like, again, every time you and I are working together, there's always a prop bet out there that I love to, I love, I love to share with our listeners. And then we follow it throughout the game. Um, I don't know our prop of the night. Well, it's always a pitcher, so maybe like our pitcher prop or something with the P. Our pitcher, like. our, 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 well, it doesn't always have to be a pitcher. It could be a hitter at times. I, I don't want to limit, I don't want to limit us. Literally all of our bets, though, that we have done so far have been pitchers. I know it could change right. but so far, but yeah, we'll keep an open mind. We'll uh, take some suggestions, too. Maybe some people can hit us up on the good old Twitter. 
I'm, <laughs> I know that's, that's your communication of choice. Um, 800-919-3776. I know I'm sure, I'm sure Mets fans don't want to put money on that wager, but uh, I think it would be a fun one to make. Strider over seven and a half strikeouts. All right. Uh, we come back. We'll take your calls. Let's talk about the Yankees as well. Now it's a rain delay, right? Is that correct? Jake, right? We're in a rain delay in regard to. (laughs) Yes, we are in a rain delay. So let me ask, so what what do you think what do you think Garrett what do you think Garrett Cole is doing right now in a rain delay because keep in mind right like you know athletes are creatures of habit and so you know they have they 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 have a routine they have a warm up they have their pregame meal they they're they're creatures of habit and now they've got this rain delay with the Reds and the Yankees what do you think Garrett Cole, what he's in the clubhouse right now? What do you think he's doing? Is he watching like, um, you, have you watched Blackbird? You think he's watching like the first two episodes of Blackbird well, Anita, on, Apple, we on did, Apple? We did discuss before that the uh, Emmy nominations actually got dropped earlier today. So we'll discuss mm-hmm. that. Maybe he's looking at some of these nominations and choosing who he thinks will win. But uh, no, realistically, we've seen in the past that Garrett Cole is, like you said, a kind of a robot. And when things kind of get thrown off by a split second, that can kind of change his whole mindset. So if the game wants to start, or you made fun of me because I said the game's going to start in a delay, which is, of course, (laughs) not the best English. But, yes, I think it's the best move for the Yankees. You have your $324 million ace going tonight. Let's not risk it with any wet weather. Especially against the Reds. Uh, so we'll keep you posted exactly when that game is 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 going to uh, is first pitch for the Yankees and of course the Reds. Uh, and we'll talk some Yankees when we get back. Play off the adrenaline. You know, when you get adrenaline, play off of it. You know, don't be don't don't be shy away from it. Uh, bring it on. Uh, this is what you play the game for. You want to be in these situations. You want to be facing the best teams in the league. You want to be in races. You, know, you got to rise to the occasion and match. Max Scherzer talking his advice to, uh, to to the other Mets players in regard to, um, you know, when, 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 when you're feeling that energy, you're feeling that excitement, that angst, man, channel, channel it. Use it to your advantage. That's what he's saying. Uh, you know, one of my best quotes is from uh, sports quotes is from Billie Jean King. About a few years ago, I, uh, I, I went down to Miami and I, I hosted uh, an awards ceremony and Leslie Visser was getting an award. God, I haven't seen Leslie in, in quite a while, uh, but definitely a huge pioneer in, in, in the industry for a number of us women. And she's, such, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. And, um, and so I was, I was really honored to head down there to Miami and, and, and present this award to her. And so I, I was able to, you know, they wanted me to sit on stage and interview her for a good five minutes and um, be- before, of course, presenting her with the award. And so I asked her, I said, you know, you've been in the, you, you've been in the industry for so long and, and Leslie's done it all, right? Like Olympics, football, basketball, baseball. Like, you know, I, I, I tend to find like these days, like we're so, we're so, is it, it, it's not, I'm trying to think what the word is, like not pigeon toed, but like, w- what's the word when like you're just, you're put in this box. Like, you know, I, I hate when people say like, oh, Anita, she's that football girl. Yeah, like is, is football my wheelhouse? Absolutely. I played the sport. I, I played the sport since I was like 
five years old, right? I played Pee Wee, Pop Warner. I made my JV football team at high school. I played women's professional football for five years. Yeah, is, is football my, my wheelhouse? It is, but like, I can talk golf. I can talk baseball. I can talk basketball. I just, I need the time to watch and I need the time to prepare and, and whatnot. I just, I find that these days, like, it's just like, you know, you've, you've got your, and, and it's not just me. I, I think it's across the board, right? Like this person is just talks football or this person just talks, but the great thing about Leslie Visser, she talked, she talked about it all. And it wasn't just Leslie Visser. I just think it was a different time back then. Right. So anyway, I, I know I've got off on, on a, t- a tangent here. My whole point of my story was in my interview with her, I asked her, I said, out of all the people that you've interviewed, what was your favorite interview and why? And she said that she interviewed Billie Jean King, of course, you know, when, uh, you know, she had to go up against, she had to, she, had, she went up at that tournament, of course, where she was representing, you know, she was going up and playing against a man and she had to represent a woman at that point in time. There was like a lot of civil rights movement and, and you know, the women, you know, and, and, and whatnot and women empowerment and, and so much was going on in our country. Very similar to what's going on right now, right? Like, hello. And, um, and she said in that, in that tennis match, there was so much pressure on her, not just not just for her winning, for her own competitiveness and and wanting to win for her own career, but you know she was representing women um, across the the world, and so she said the pressure was immense in regard to being able to beat a man, a professional male tennis player, and um, she said, but at the end of the day, pressure is a privilege. And, um, and Leslie Visser said, well, what do you mean by that? And Billie Jean King said, there's very few people in the world that have the, the, the luxury or the blessing or the, the opportunity to experience that type of pressure. And when you do experience that type of pressure and you're successful at the end of it, the feeling that you get is unlike anything else. And so I just, that's, it's, it's my, it's, it's my favorite, it's my favorite quote. And I, I so believe it. Like, I, like I, you know, I don't, Jake, I'm assuming like you, you play sports, Jake. I, I did play sports. I wish I was a little more active, you know, the older I get, but I definitely did play sports. Um, so were you ever like, like, so, so I was, I was that person, like I wanted to be that person, whether it was like, I was playing a baseball or softball game and it was like, you know, the last inning, two outs, base to, bases loaded, we're down by three. Like I wanted to be that person up. Well, right? I've, like, I've seen you at the uh, Don LaGreca charity softball game and you're always the MVP. So I could well, see that. Well, no, I, I mean, <laughs> you're so funny. That's not what I mean. What I'm, what I'm saying is like, like, I, like I want, I you want, I woke, you want the ball in your hands with I do. Yeah. I want the ball in my hand. I want that pressure. Like I want to be that quarterback down by 6, you know, with um with a minute 30 left and we're on the 20-yard line, right? Like I want to be that basketball player where, you know, we're down by 2 and um it's, you know, 5 seconds left on the clock and I, I don't know, Pat Riley is coaching us and, and he puts together some play and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the man getting the ball with the final shot, like, or I'm the woman getting the ball with the final shot. Like, 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 like I, I, I want to be in those situations. I want, like, I die 
to be in those situations. And I think a big reason is, you know what, if I fail, I fail. Like, you know, we're only human. Like we're not perfect. Like, you know, I'm not going to make every shot. I'm not going to hit every home run. I'm not going to make every touchdown pass, right? I'm not going to make every 10 foot putt, but I want to be in that situation. I want to be placed in that situation because if I succeed, the, the feeling that you get from that is, is there's nothing in the world that can give that to you. Nothing. And so I, I, I want the opportunity to experience that. If I fail, I fail. But there's so many people out there, A, who don't play competitive sports, doesn't have to be professional, doesn't have to be collegiate, doesn't have to be organized. Just there's so many people out there who don't play competitive sports. And there's a lot of people out there who don't want to be in that situation to begin with. You know, to to be in that situation, you know, they're, they're nervous to be in that situation. They're nervous about the outcome. They're nervous about, you know, getting ridiculed, ridiculed on Twitter or being called out in the media you know, or whatever the case may be. So there's, there's just, you know, and, and, and that's unfortunate because again, pressure is a privilege because when, when the outcome is, is, is a positive one, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing like it in the world. Really there isn't. So anyway, I just, I know I've gone off on a tangent here and I just wanted to kind of like piggyback off of what Max Scherzer had said. And, you know, that is, man, when you're feeling that angst and you're feeling that anxiety and you're feeling that nervousness and channel it, embrace it, use it to your advantage. Right. Um, and so I, I, I love that quote from, from Scherzer, uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, we'll continue with your calls. Uh, Yankees game is, uh, is still in, in a rain delay. Um, and, uh, and right now you've got, uh, a, a Mets game that, uh, is that it? Is that it for? No. So we actually did get word that the Yankee game is actually going to start at eight oh five. So the game it looks 8-0-5. like eight oh five. So in thirty five minutes. There you go. So it looks like you know the the clouds are starting to clear in the Bronx, and we might get some baseball tonight uh, for the Yankees. Is it? Is it? I, it's not raining by me. Is it raining by you? It's going to rain. No. Um. I mean, I'm in a studio with no windows, so if so, you have no idea. You have no idea if it's raining. It could be pouring, but I did get a slice of pizza before the show, and it was not raining around six thirty, six forty-five. And the slice of pizza was delicious. So, where'd you get your slice? Did you go to Joe's? Where'd you? (laughs) We're not going to give out my spot. It's my spot. You know, the the paparazzi might be outside. Me eating my pepperoni. Oh come on! Come on. Where where's your okay? I'm gonna you don't be honest, Anita. You don't have to tell. You don't have to tell me where you got your pizza tonight. But like, if you if let me ask you this. I don't know you, the name of it, so you could ask. Okay, me. but but all right, let me ask you this. So you've got you've got you've got somebody who's visiting you. You're, you now you now live in New York City. You've got your new bachelor pad in I the do. city. Yes. Right, like big time, Jake. <laughs> and so uh, somebody comes into town, out of town, and visits you, and they're like. I've got to have before I'm here for the weekend. I've got to have a bagel and I've got to have a slice of pizza where like I'm taking them to Joe's. That's where I'm taking. That's them. downtown, right? Well, there's a few locations, okay. but West Village. I, I, I spend a lot that's of time. The one, in that's Village. the one I've been to in the West Village. Um, right. there's a, I mean, you can't really go wrong with any New York City pizza spots. New York City pizza is the best. I had my cousins from Chicago come in this weekend to the bachelor pad, as you call it. Mm-hmm. And. They even they they had nothing to say about. First of all, they come in every year and make fun of the Yankees. This year, they had absolutely nothing to say. And also, they usually make fun of New York City pizza and saying, "Oh, Chicago pizza is better." And I think this year they finally grew up and they admitted that 
New York City pizza is the best. So I think you can go anywhere and be uh, pretty all right. I think you're wrong. I think there's a few select spots that are better than others. For me, it's Joe's. What say you? 800-919-3776. We'll be right back. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Was out at uh, Crystal Springs Resort. I want a big shout out to all the folks out there. Uh, Took phenomenal care of me and my guests and uh, had a, a Metro Women's event uh, yesterday out there at Wild Turkey. I played Ballyone on Sunday. The golf courses are absolutely magnificent, um, and, and everything out there is just really fantastic. Go out there, stay the weekend, stay a few days during the week. They've got six phenomenal golf courses. Their uh, Crystal Springs Lodge is a phenomenal. Uh, great meals, fantastic wine selection. I, I can go on and on. Really a phenomenal two days out there, and so I want to thank the folks out there at Crystal Springs, um, who rolled out the red carpet. Uh, absolutely. 800-919-3776. Let's go to your calls. Uh, let's go to Matt in Queens. Matt, welcome in. Good evening, Anita. Um, you may uh, you may remember me from Saturday when we made a little wager on whether Tiger was going to you know make the cut. Yes, I, I, I do remember. Yeah. But wait, you're calling in early. I told you you need to call in on, on, on this coming Saturday or Sunday. One of us well, is gonna eat. I, I one of us is gonna. To... One of us is gonna eat crow, Matt. One of us is gonna eat big time crow. <laughs> That's true. Well, I just, the reason I called is I just wanted to give you a little weather update for like you know the weather prediction for when like Tiger is playing. It's going to be about fifty degrees, windy and rainy. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, it's this Tiger Woods thing is such a hype. This poor guy. I mean, look. I love Tiger. Like I said, I've been following him since he was winning U.S. amateurs. But it, it, it's over. This thing is. It's. It, this is all just hype. It's just. To, it's just to get some TV viewers. It's forget about it. Okay, Matt. Matt. Yesterday. Matt. You are Matt. You are du- like. Listen. You are doubling down now, Matt. You are double. Like. Like. We've already. We've already got your audio of you dissing right. Tiger. Like, like we've already, now you're doubling, you're calling back in now on this Tuesday night just to reinforce the fact that you are fading Tiger in the open. Yes, that's true. That that is true, Anita. You're 100% correct. (laughs) Okay. All right, Matt, it's going to be fun talking to you on Saturday or Sunday. I'm just, I'm trying to think like time-wise, right? Because we are, um... We're, 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 aren't we seven forward, five or six or seven forward, something like that? So we'll find it. And so folks that are just tuning in, Matt called in. So as we know, we've got the Open uh, over there across the pond that is starting this week. And it's a big, big tournament for Tiger. It's at St. Andrews. It's his favorite course in the world. It's the 150th of. So there's a lot of hype around Tiger Woods. You can bet that Tiger Woods is going to make the cut at minus 120. I'm all over it. I think I think Tiger Woods finishes in the top 20, and you could get that at plus 225. I am all over it. Matt is just like, Matt is like anti-Tiger. He's not going to make the cut. He's not going to do well. Forget about it. He's just, he's laughing in the face of Tiger Woods. And so one of us is going to eat crow on Saturday. That's for sure. And I don't think it's going to be me. Okay. Let's go to Larry. Larry, welcome in. Hey, Anita. How you doing? I'm great. Good evening. Great. I want to talk to you about the pizza park, the pizza place. 
Okay. Uh, Long Island. In Long Island, Ronkakuma, you have Vincent. Excellent. Excellent pizza place. If you ever come out to Long Island, Little Vincent's in Ronkakuma. What is it called? Little Vincent's Pizzeria. Little Vincent's. All right, Larry, thank you. Unfortunately, I don't know, maybe you're out on a golf course somewhere. Not sure, but I hear the wind blowing. And so uh, we've got to let you go. But Little Vincent's in Little Vincent or Vincent's? I think it was Little Vincent's, and my phone has been blowing up. People love pizza. It's so funny. So Rodney Belazare, who is what like— What do you mean? that? Who doesn't love pizza? That's what I'm saying. The fact like, that we, uh, like we at mentioned— the, Wait, time out, Jake. What? At the end of the day, at the end of the—like, I don't know about you. Like, okay, all right, all right. Let, let's, let's, let's turn this into um, a, a real-life situation. Let's do it. Um, okay, you're on a dating app. You, uh, you swipe— What is it? I'm, you swipe I'm never... right if you like the person. Okay, N- so I've never been on a dating app before. I, I hate to say that. I would, lo- and let me tell you something. I would love. I th- I find dating apps fascinating. Like I'll be at dinner with a few friends who are on a dating app, and I'll like grab their phone, and I'll like, and I'll play around with their phone as if I'm them. Like I love, I love dating apps. So you're a catfish. So- you're catfishing people. You're like talking. You're you're giving the game, and your girlfriend is getting all the credit for it. And the person talking to your girlfriend thinks they're talking to them, but you're the one talking. If you think if that's what you're calling it, if you're calling it <laughs> a right. catfishing, Continue. yeah, then Continue. I guess I guess so, I am. So anyway, app. so you slight you swipe right, you 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 know she swipes right. Now you guys are out. You're on a date. I don't know. And then you, you find out she hates pizza. Mm. Are you ever dating her again? Are you are you are you scheduling a second date with somebody who hates pizza? I don't know if. I would never, I would never, I would never, if somebody, somebody says, oh, I I hate pizza. I can't stand pizza. That's it. That's it. There's no second date. There's no second date. More pizza for me. But anyway, we did get some. There's no second date with somebody who hates pizza. I don't know. There's, there's worse things in the world than hating pizza, but what kind of weirdo doesn't like pizza in the first place? So I guess if you find that one person. That's my point. I gotcha. But uh, Rodney Belazare, again, one of the wizards here at ESPN who does all of the amazing technical uh, support stuff here. We would, we would not have a station if we, it wasn't for Rodney. Yeah, people literally, if you don't know the name Rodney Belazare, he is the yep. man. He texted me saying Sal and Carmine's on the Upper West Side is his spot. We have a few people chiming in. Uh, New Park Pizza in Howard Beach, Ellen B in Brooklyn. Uh, so a lot of great pizza here in New York. And again, it's kind of when you think of New York City, the way you mentioned, bagels, pizza, no one does it better than New York. Now, now, just to clarify, right, but like bagels and pizza, the reason that New York bagels and pizzas are so good is because the water. Well, I mean, I have friends right? in Jersey. People in Jersey listening right now are probably like, wait a second. I think New Jersey has the best pizza and best bagels. So there could be a good debate between New Yorkers and New Jersey, kind of soprano style, if you want to go. Uh, between the, the, I'm sorry, sweetie. I've never heard anyone say, "Oh man, you got to go to New Jersey and get some pizza." You'd be surprised. No, 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 no. no. I, I mean, no, 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 I'm alone no, no, in the no, studio no. tonight, but but now I have gonna, no the one's phone ever said lines to me, are now going to blow oh, up man. from people from New Jersey saying, "Oh, no, Anita, no you are wrong." No one has ever said to me, "Oh, Anita, you live in Hoboken. Oh man, you live in Jersey. They got the best pizza." No, 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 no. Nobody says that. Boo. Nobody says that. <laughs> no, you think someone says, "Oh man, you live in Hobo, you live in New Jersey." Oh, we'll see the, and look at that. And the, all of a sudden, the phone they lines the are lighting. Thanks a lot, Anita. Thanks a lot. The phone lines are lighting nobody, up, and I'm sure it's the people from New Jersey says about that, to yell. Let me get these phone lines real quick. Yeah, you do that. You do that. We'll be right back. Richard, Jose, hang tight. 
Sorry, guys. Nobody says there's better pizza in Jersey or bagels uh, than in New York. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Not happening. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. Here's, here's, here's another one for you, Jake. I love thin crust. Are you waiting for my like uh, justification? Yeah, of the I mean, thin I'm, crust? Waiting, I'm waiting for something. I got you. I thought you were going to continue on. I like thin crust too. I think that's. I like. Uh, I like thin. And, and wait, I'm going to go one step further, right? I don't have. I don't have celiacs. I don't have Hachimoto's. I don't have Epstein Bar. Any of that. But I have a lot of friends who do, and so they order gluten-free pizza, and I don't mind it. Like there's some really phenomenal gluten-free crust out there you want to hear a kind of a crazy story i'm just throwing that out there really quick because what did i say before we went to commercial break people love pizza and i know that you mentioning that the fact that new jersey pizza isn't comparable to new york pizza all of a sudden the phone lines lit up it's kind of crazy when you look at the locations we have Long Island, New Jersey, Syracuse, people from all over the tri-state area calling in to debate this pizza uh, topic. But you just mentioned mentioned gluten-free pizza. There's actually a place in my hometown that I'm not going to mention, but one day, uh, randomly, the pizzeria put a photo up with Justin Bieber randomly in the pizzeria. So everyone in my town was like, what is Justin Bieber doing at this pizzeria? So I actually go to that pizzeria all the time. I talked to the owner that week. He said that Justin Bieber went out of his way to go there because that was one of the only places that had gluten-free pizza in the area. So I guess uh, if Bieber likes it, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. But gluten-free pizza certainly uh, is for a specific taste, and it's not for me, but it is for, I guess, you and Justin Bieber. So that's my little gluten-free pizza story that I have for you. You're so funny. 800-919-3776. Talk radio is just insane. I, I mean, we've got a full bank of calls. So uh, let's get to as many of you as we can. Okay, 800-919-3776. Um, let's go to Mike in Syracuse. Mike, welcome in. Hello? Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, you're up, Mike. Welcome in. Welcome to 98.7 ESPN. It's Mike from Jersey, Fairfield, New Jersey. So I'd love for you oh, to okay. come out here and try... Some of our pizza, we have the thin crust, we have the thick crust, you got Pasquale's, you got um, Angeloni's, you got Hollywood pizza. Some of the best pizza in the tri-state area. You don't know what you're missing. You got to come over to Fairfield. We have the highest rate of Italians in the country in Fairfield, New Jersey. You got to come, come, let, come let in. Me, you're going to love it. Let, let, let me ask you this, Mike. My, what, what, makes, what makes your pizza so good? Is it the water? Like, what makes it's New York water. pizza so good? Is you know it what? like, the, is it the, like the bagels? Is it like water? I'm going to tell you the difference. There's two, two big factors. Number one is the water. Number two is the amount of love we put into it. Jersey people love me, love like no other. We we're passionate about everything, especially food. More passionate than New York by far. Okay. <laughs> My thanks for the call. <laughs> Are we having a love yeah, affair gotta, with you pizza throw tonight? Some love in it, Anita. That's what New York is missing. New York is just full of hate. We just throw hate in our pizza, pepperoni and hate. But New Jersey, <laughs> they sprinkle a little bit of love into it. That's what. That's what it is. It's not the water. <laughs> who, who said it was the water, Anita? It's just a little bit of love. Let's go to William and Union. William, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, what's going on? Guys, call me Bill. 
Hi, Bill. I don't hear you guys. William, are, are, Bill, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Go ahead. What you got? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I was going to say, thin crust pizza. Have you been to the Jersey Shore? Yes, I've been to the Jersey Shore. Oh, that's where thin crust is thin crust. And as for that, I have to agree with Mike. The water is definitely the number one thing. I know restaurants, pizzerias down in central Jersey that actually ship the water in from New York. It's better water. And that, because the water down central Jersey, south Jersey is hard water. It's not the same by the city. A and B, man, so many great pizzerias in Jersey City and Garfield, you name it. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the names, but, oh, Okay, Bill, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Let's go to Paul in Hoboken. Paul, what you got? You chiming in on our pizza so, conversation, Paul? Hey, 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 Anita. Okay. So, so a good, I have a story for you guys. So during the pandemic, uh, we were trying to think of creative ideas at work. I work for software companies. And we partnered or did a little thing with Essa Bagels. Essa Bagels has a couple locations in New York. And we had the, like a video camera in there. We had bagels sent to some of our prospects and our clients. And my question for the owner of Essa Bagel was, what makes New York, New Jersey, Long Island bagels different? And Anita, what do you think the answer was? Uh, again, I, I'm, I think it's water, right? She said it has nothing to do with the water. So it was just okay. that they, like, they hand roll, like hand, how they hand roll the bagels and just that they kind of like really know what they're doing. And I've lived in North Jersey. I lived in Hoboken for a while. I went to school in Long Island. I've been in the city for a decade. And the water is different in all those areas. And you can get really good pizza and really bad pizza uh, in all of them. So it's definitely not just the water. Uh, and that's what she said. So it's not coming from me. It's coming from the owner of Hatsa Bagels. Okay, so you're saying it's the way that it's rolled? So that's what, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I'm sure, like, the ingredients are a big piece, too. But, like, for the bagel specifically, she said it was, like, them, just, like, people that have worked in this bagel shop for 20 years, like, knowing how to roll the bagels without air pockets and et cetera. So, like, really, like, I mean, to go back to the made with love, I guess, like, really just, like, made with someone who knows what they're doing. Okay, Paul, thanks. So uh, there you go, Jake. Uh, you were on to something. Made with love, for sure. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot believe the number of calls we're getting that are coming in right now, people wanting to talk about pizza. This is insane to me. Let's go to Alex in Westbury. Alex, what's your take on New York pizza? Uh, my take on New York pizza is it is definitely has to do with the water. Um, I live on Long Island, grew up on Long Island, but I went to school upstate. Um, same exact type of pizza they make up there, different taste, taste and quality, and I, I think it's 100% because of the water. So you're saying, so it, does Long Island have better pizza than, than Manhattan pizza or no? I'd say that it's on par with Manhattan pizza. It's on par. When you let, let me ask you this: When you're in the city, where do you go? You haven't been in the city in a while. You you want a slice of pizza before you go out with your you, with your friends and you hit up the club. 
Where where are you going to grab that like Pete? I you forget exactly. Well, I forget what exactly what it's called, but it's right off of um, right off of Penn Station, about on 39th Street, I believe, on the corner, like right before 7-Eleven. <laughs> okay, Alex. Here's my thing. I appreciate the call. It can't be that great if you don't remember the name, <laughs> right? I mean, Jacob, if you if you have a pizza that you're just like, oh man, this pizza is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Well, that's I mean, you're gonna re- you're gonna remember the name when you got your pizza. That's how this whole conversation. Not like, oh, some so- joint off of 39th but Street and Sixth Avenue. That's how this whole conversation started. You asked me where I got my slice of pizza, which was very good, and I don't remember the name of the place. So I feel bad that I didn't plug. You know, my spot that I get pizza from all the time. The fact that I don't know the name of it is kind of funny. But, again, you can just walk around New York City and a random spot. I'll be honest, and I know I'm not going to compare it to some of the places that we already had, but even, like, the Dollar Slices or Pizza Hut or Domino's, you know, I'm cool with that. I don't know about you. You know, 2 a.m. after a long night out, Domino's or Pizza Hut sometimes slap, so... Come on, I'm se- Jake. You're admitting that you live in you you live in New York say- City. I'm you just say- got a bachelor pad in saying, Manhattan. I'm not saying and you're it's telling my me you order from Domino's and I'm, Pizza Hut. I'm Dude, not saying it's on. my preference of choice, but I'm saying, and I know listeners listening, you know, after a night out at the bars oh, at 2 a.m. with your butt. You just lost like you just lost yeah, such I cred, think, no, Jake. No, I think New York oh, City, the, the New York City and New Jersey people calling in. I think they can all agree with me. We've all had nights at 2 a.m. with your buddy and you're looking around saying, I wish I had pizza, but guess what? All of the good, legit places are closed, so what do you do? You call good old Domino's or Pizza Hut, and they come through. No matter the weather, no matter the time, those places will come through. So I'm not saying that's the best pizza in New York, not by a long shot, but I'm saying even those types of pizza, I prefer those pizza over, if you go to like a different state, pizza's terrible. So anywhere in New York, I'm cool with. I don't know. That's imba- I, I, you just lost. I, I just I personally I think, lost street cred with or I lost. I think you, you, lost, I think you lost. I think you lost. I think right, you lost we'll a see. lot of street. We cred. have a lot of callers tonight. Especially <laughs> like especially like a, a, a single thought. dude like you living it living it. Well, not you know. I, I don't know. I, not married. Right, not married. Now we're getting into my seat. love life on air. Yeah, so, I don't you know want. What, you know I don't want to throw do? your business out there. Nah. I don't want to throw your business out there. A, I don't <laughs> have a girlfriend, but I have some good old New Jersey pizza, which is filled with love, which is all I need. <laughs> so there you go. Oh my goodness gracious! Quick break. We come back. We'll kick off hour three. Connor Rogers joins me. Let's talk about the Yankees. Uh, they are in a rain delay, but it's about to start in about seven minutes, right? Isn't that is, isn't that what we're, word is? Eight oh five is first pitch for the Yankees. There we go. Eight oh five. We'll preview that matchup for you with Connor Rogers. Also, uh, let, I, I think it's. Don't you think it's about that time we talk a little football? A little football. Somebody. Well, both of us actually are already getting emails about our fantasy football leagues that are about to start off, right? Like training camp is going to be here before we know it. So uh, there's some sleepers out there. So we'll talk to Connor Rogers about that. Um, So still a lot more coming your way. We'll talk Yankees, bring you up to speed on what's going on with the Mets and the Braves and our little prop bet. Aaron Judge uh, out of the lineup, coming out of the off days. Everything okay there? Yeah, everything's good. Just uh, something I just wanted to, again, take advantage of the off day and, and, and one plus. So, yeah, he's good, though. That is uh, Boone, Booney, uh, talking about how uh, you've got 
Aaron Judge out of the lineup tonight. So uh, rain delay right now in the Bronx. Uh, first pitch is uh, about to take place any minute now. And Connor Rogers joins us. You can see him at a variety of places. Uh, I don't know who works for more establishments, uh, me or you, Connor. Uh, but you can see him, of course, all over Bleacher Report, SNY, covering the Mets, loves to talk Yankees, as well as NFL. So uh, Garrett Cole going tonight against Ashcraft uh, in the Reds. Garrett Cole, I'm calling him the Whiffmeister. He's been really, really sensational. Again, no Aaron Judge in the lineup tonight. Uh, but uh, but Connor, what are your thoughts uh, this matchup uh, with the Yankees tonight? Obviously, uh, they split the series against uh, the Boston Red Sox. Need would I'm sure would would love to get back into the win column. Oh man, Anita, the odds for this one were as crazy as I've seen for a baseball matchup during the regular season all year so far. I, I know they were uh, over basically plus 200 for the Reds. I think they were sitting at plus 250, plus 260, maybe even higher. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Cole has obviously been on a really, really good stretch run. Even the game that he was credited the loss for a couple weeks ago against the Astros, he went seven innings and and gave up one earned run. So uh, he's really, after a a slow start, by slow start, maybe two or three rough starts to the year, he's been his usual self, his usual dominant self, the ace, the front-line guy for the Yankees. And this should be a game, if they do play, uh, that gets the Yankees back to their winning ways, as we've seen all season long, even without Aaron Judge in the lineup. They are The Reds are just a team that they're one of the rare teams this year. They're going to be selling off any valuable pieces they have left at the deadline. They had a brutal start to the year, started out, I believe, 3-22. and 22. So this is a Reds team that, unfortunately, is already defeated as we sit here in July. Uh, just to really quick bring the uh, listeners up to speed in regards to the lineup tonight with no judge, it's LeMayu, Torres, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks, Trevino, IKF, and Gallo. That is your lineup tonight. Uh, again, uh, Garrett Cole uh, on the bump, as we like to call it. Um, last time uh, he he uh, he pitched, gave up five runs and in six innings against Boston. So this is a great bounce back game for him. His ERA at home is quite good. It's a two three one. Uh, his walk rate is uh, below four. It's at 3.6%, and his K rate is at 31%. Meanwhile, uh, for the Reds, they're actually quite good against right-handed pitchers but have a 25% K rate, uh, which is uh, one of the, the, the worst five in Major League Baseball. Over-under for strikeouts for Garrett Cole tonight is 7.5. I'm leaning towards the over here, Connor. Oh, I am too, Anita. Did you see what Max Scherzer did to this lineup? I mean, it was coming off the oblique injury where he was going to be on about an 80-pitch count, 90-pitch count at most. Scherzer mowed through them and had double-digit strikeouts, so I don't see why a healthy Garrett Cole can't do the same. Uh, just looking at the uh, the Yankees' uh, schedule as uh, we get closer to um... – you know, the, the, the midway point, of course, the all-star break. Uh, they've got these two games, actually three games against Cincinnati and then home against Boston. As I said, they split the series against Boston. This is American League East team, or I should say American League East division that is getting better and I think will only continue to get better and start to continue to get so much more competitive uh, even after the all-star break. But the Yankees, when you look at them, obviously in the standings and, and the lead that they have already created, uh, 14 and a half game lead over the Boston Red Sox, 15 against the Rays, 16 and a half uh, 
against the Blue Jays. We're hearing that the Yankees are going to be active towards the trade deadline and, and, and bolster, maybe, you know, get some more uh, pitching, whether it's their bullpen, their starting pitcher. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of talk and speculation. Uh, you know, they need to improve their lineup with Gallo and unfortunately him not even batting 200. What are you anticipating? What are some of the names that you're hearing out there that uh, that that potentially the Yankees could go after? I think they have to be in the market for the frontline starters that become available. I don't see how they're not. And I know you're you're right, Anita, when you sit here and look at the division lead that's tremendous, 14 and a half games as we speak. But on the flip side, you're right that this is still a very competitive division in a sense that I don't think any of these teams are going to just blow it up at the deadline, including Baltimore, who's won eight of their last ten games. I think that's the difference maker here. When you look at every division in baseball during the pennant race, there's always one, usually at least two, absolute stinkers in August and September that everybody beats up on and gets their wins. And, you know, the Yankees have beat up on everyone this year. But when you look at the Mets and the Braves, how they've gotten so far out in front uh, with their win total in the National League, what they've done against, you know, the Nationals, even the Marlins at times, uh, there's no team like that at the moment in the American League East. So, I think for the Yankees, that'll obviously keep them not just on cruise control, but pedal to the metal to keep winning games and play their best baseball as they reach October. And to do that, they're probably going to need a frontline starter. You look at somebody like Luis Castillo from the Reds, who's been a frontline starter for a long time. The asking price is going to be very significant because he's under club control for the 2023 season. So you're not just getting him as a rental piece for the stretch run. You're also getting him to be at the front of your rotation for the following season as well. And when you look at the Yankees, they're in a situation that a lot of teams are going to be in uh, where they have younger pitch, not a guy like Garrett Cole, but they have some younger pitchers that pitch limits, innings totals are going to come into play down the stretch. We've never seen a guy like Nestor Cortez, you know, obviously pitch this much in a season as he's expected to. Severino, obviously a guy that you need to be careful with as well. So that's why I look at the Yankees and think Frankie Montas from the A's. The A's are definitely a surefire team that are going to sell. And Castillo from the Reds, we've heard his name thrown to trade talks for years at this point. But I think this is the deadline where both of those guys get moved. Now, the cost will not be cheap, but the Yankees have a prospect pool to get that done. It just makes too much sense to go for the World Series win this year. You need multiple starters. You can't just rely on Garrett Cole uh, each series during October. Let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Mets. Uh, Their game is in action. Top of the third, still no score. Peterson going up against Strider. Talked about Strider when we opened up the show. Uh, And and I use the the word whiffmeister for Garrett Cole because he's been (laughs) sensational. I think you can say the same for Strider. He's been tremendous. Uh, I took the over of seven and a half strikeouts for him tonight. Uh, he's already, again, we're, we're in the, the top of the third, and he's got three strikeouts. Uh, but what a rookie season he's having so far. And so I also I played the under in this matchup. Um, but more importantly, bigger picture here, just talked about the, the competitiveness that I think we're going to see in the second half of the season for the American League East. I think you can say the same thing here in the National League East, especially with this Atlanta Braves team and the Mets. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think this is going to be a real fun second half of the season, especially when the Mets get uh, Jacob DeGrom back into into action it really should be especially when you look at the fact that this is this is a legit two-horse race when you look at the American League East the Yankees have that monumental lead right now and they're in a place where they're going to win a lot of ball games that you don't really see it shrinking at any point now what I'll say about the Mets in the National League East who got off to such a good start 
the Mets didn't necessarily play poor baseball the last six weeks. The Braves just had an unbelievable stretch where they went, what, you know, 29-6 and six or 29-8, and eight, and the Mets played pretty average baseball. They hung above 500, and they're waiting for DeGrom to get back. They were waiting for Scherzer to get back. They've obviously had plenty of injuries in that rotation that they're starting to turn in the right direction. So uh, when you look at it, these two teams are going to be going at it for the entire year. What It's going to be a very competitive deadline amongst both teams, obviously, the Braves are a team that will probably look for maybe some pitching help. They don't need any outfield help, but they might need some more pitching help or they might bolster the back end of their bullpen. They have a really good bullpen, but maybe with Kenley Jansen being you know on and off the IL, they look to get maybe another guy that can close games. The Mets are a team, obviously, that are going to upgrade at the DH spot. They're going to upgrade their bullpen. I think they get two relief arms at the deadline. At a minimum, they're going to get one on top of Trevor May coming back. And then you have the Phillies quietly hanging around. They're eight games back. But the expanded playoffs gives them hope for a wild-card spot right now. And as we sit here tonight in the middle of July, right before the All-Star break, the Phillies would be the final wild-card team in the National League, sitting at 46-41. and 41. So this is a very competitive division. The Nationals are going to get rid of Josh Bell and probably Nelson Cruz at the deadline, so they'll somehow be even worse shape. The Marlins are kind of hovering around being a 500 team. So this is a very, very competitive division with two extremely powerhouse teams at the top right now. Connor Rogers joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, really quick, before I let you go, I want to turn attention to a little NFL. Um, why? Well, uh, before we know it, training camps are going to open, and before we know it, week one's going to be here as well, and we're going to see the Bills and the Rams play week one. Can't wait for that. You've got Russell Wilson going up against his former team. Baker Mayfield wins the competition, wink, wink, and Carolina, he'll be going up against his former team. It's going to be an exciting week one. But with that being said, uh, in regard to the Giants, what are your realistic expectations for them this season? The over-under win total for them is seven. How good do you think this Giants team is going to be, and how competitive do you think they can be in their division? I think it's a transition year for them, and I think they'd be the first to maybe not outright say that because you don't want to send that message to a locker room. But let's be real, a new regime upstairs in the front office, a new coaching staff downstairs on the field. And that often tells you uh, when you don't have your quarterback situation necessarily solidified, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, uh, that you might be in a little bit of a transition period. Now, can they push and get to seven wins? I don't see why not because the division is in a powerhouse, right? The Cowboys are going to be a good team. The Eagles are going to be a, a solid team. Washington, it's hard to fully get behind them with Carson Wentz at quarterback, and that's one area that maybe the Giants can uh, you know, not finish in last place in the division. I think the most important thing for the Giants in my eyes is get the young guys reps, solidify that offensive line with the bookends on each side, and Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, and start to establish an offense under Brian Dable that's functional, right? That's been the problem for the Giants the last couple of years. Under Jason Garrett, they could not get a lot going offensively. They couldn't get Saquon Barkley on the right track. You paid Kenny Galladay a lot of money. You need to get him targets. You need to find a way to scheme him open and get him involved in the passing game. And that's going to help Daniel Jones. And I think they're going to utilize Daniel Jones' athleticism as well in this offense, similar to how the Bills uh, effectively did that with Josh Allen while developing him as well. So I know it's easy to get fixated on wins and losses in the NFL. Obviously, that's why they play the games. But when you're in a transition year with the front office and the head coaching staff and figuring out what you have on the roster, getting these young players developed and taking the right stride is just as important for the Giants. And, of course, uh, that leads me to the Jets. Um, little, little rough week for Zach Wilson there, uh, Mr. Uh, graduate, but nonetheless, um, you know, no, limit the distractions for the second year starter with the Jets. 
Um, uh, you know, we know what we know what they did in the draft, which was sensational. Um, also dabbled in free agency, but you know, it's very interesting. The most money that has been placed on the five and a half over for the Jets is is this this season with sports books. It is the most money that has been wagered. The Jets over five and a half wins. Is that or is that realistic? Do you feel? I mean, the schedule is is ridiculous. I, I don't I don't know who the Jets organization upset in in the in the league front office, but their schedule is one of the hardest schedules I, I've seen in a long time. Is 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 six wins possible for this Jets team? Yeah, I don't think it's out of reach. Now, it's obviously like you said, the schedule is brutal. Now, the caveat with the schedule can be that. You know, assuming Deshaun Watson does miss some games, the Jets get the Browns week two of the NFL season. So that might be Jacoby Brissett, right? That might be one that uh, starts to turn your way. You do play a team like the Bears. You do play the Lions in Jacksonville and Seattle, who's in a huge transition period. The the bottom line is needed with the Jets. They can't keep going winless in their own division. There's got to be more urgency here. I know I talked about a transition period with the Giants, because it's their first year with the staff in the front office. The Jets do not have that luxury. This is year two under Robert Sala, year two under the quarterback that Joe Douglas picked second overall. Now They spent a lot of money and resources into this offensive line to be able to run the football and open up the play-action passing attack as well. So I, I get it. The schedule is tough, but at some point you got to win football games. If the Jets don't clear that win total of five and a half, which I think they do, I think it will be close, but I really do think they will uh, and have the young quarterback take steps forward there's going to be larger conversations that you and I and everybody covering football in the New York media market are having come January next year. Uh, last thing for you, it's become a hot topic tonight. It's just, you know, wild carpet ride. This is what happens in Sports Talk Radio. Uh, you're in the city. You need that fantastic slice of pizza. You're starving. You just left the club at 3.30 in the morning, Connor. You need that slice of pizza just to get you home. Where are you going? I'm a man of routine. I'm a little bit old school, but I'm going to Joe's right off of Bleecker every single time. Yes! There is no reason to overthink this. Woo! There is no reason to <laughs> overthink this. I, to this day, I still do this. I just did it a week ago after a, a rare late Wednesday night out. Uh, I Listen, I know where my, my body just takes me there. It's like an automatic compass. I go to Joe's Pizza before I get on the train. So uh, this, that was the easiest question you've asked me on radio, I think, ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You and me both, buddy. I knew there was a reason why I adore you. Uh, he's Connor Rogers joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Follow him on all things social media. See him at Bleacher Report. See him contribute on SNY. Connor, thank you so much. You have a great night. Thanks so much, Nito. It was great talking to you. You got it. We'll come back. Uh, bring you up to speed on, uh, well, nothing to bring you up to speed on. Still no score in this Mets Braves game. But I'll tell you what's good. You see the strikeout totals for Strider? He's up to five. He's up to five. Three innings, five strikeouts. The over-under was seven and a half. This is why you this is why you listen to Anita at night to help you win some money. We'll be right back. Anita Marks with you on this Tuesday night. Still a boatload. <laughs> boatload of calls. Everyone wanted to talk about pizza. Who knew? Let's just do Jake, we should just do a show about pizza every night. I think the audience would be cool with that, to be honest. Damn. I love pizza. Damn, I, so. I, never, I, I, never, I never heard Connor Rogers so excited about a question before when I asked him about pizza. 
Um, and he had the same pizzeria as you too. So you guys, and I'm surprised right. we never Joe's, have seen baby. each other at Joe's. No, nothing like it. Let's go to Isaac in New York. Isaac, welcome in. What you got? Yeah, for someone to say that the best pizza is in New Jersey, it's like saying Joey Gallo after the All Star break is going to have an MVP second half. Like that is. <laughs> but, but, um, Good analogy. Good analogy Isaac, there, Isaac. Yeah. We're sticking to the Italian, you know, because like, think about it. When they came and settled here, Italian families, where they go? They went to New York, Little Italy. Last time I heard, there's a little Italy in New York. There's no little Italy in in Jersey. But um, but anyway, if you're thinking about a pizza after the club, there's no better pizza that hits the spot if you never had an artichoke slice. It's not your traditional pizza, but it's something about that cream. When you bite into it, it's like it scratches your soul. So definitely there's, stop there's, by and get artichoke. Right, there's one... There, there's one, I know what you're talking about, artichoke pizza. There's one um, right in, um, me, near Meatpacking. Village. Um, yep, there's one right? there. Like, there's like, one like, in the like, right, there's right, I didn't know there was one in the village. I, I know there's one here in Hoboken that just opened up not too long ago. And Isaac, thanks for the phone call. It's just, and, and I've had it before. It's just, it's, have you ever had artichoke pizza, Jake? I have not. And I have a take that I'm not going to, you know what, I'm going to say it. I don't mind because I know I'm just going to be judged for it because so many Wait, people. Wait, time out, time yeah. out. Before you say it, mm-hmm. this is, you know what this is? Mm-hmm. This is like that tweet mm-hmm. that, be, that that before you send, if it, here's, here's, here's rule of thumb, no pun intended. When it comes to a tweet, if you have to think for a second that there's going to be any backlash or any negativity, like... That, oh, there's going to be going a, to... there's going to be a ton of negativity, but I can't just bring. But you it know up. what I mean? Like, 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 if, like, if, 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 if you think for a second that your tweet is inappropriate, let's use that. Mm-hmm. If you think, if you think for one second that your tweet is going to be inappropriate and you hesitate to send it, don't send it. Don't send it. I'm gonna send it, Anita. I'm gonna send it because I mentioned okay. it on air, Go and ahead. I can't tease Go the ahead. audience like that. And you mm-hmm. can you can call me a weirdo. It's fine. It's not again my preference, but I don't mind pineapple on pizza. Like I I I don't hate it as much as people hate it. Like people are like pineapple and pizza. That's not me. I don't hate it. It's again not my favorite slice of pizza, but I definitely enjoy it from here uh, from time well, to time. So well, that's he- here's my, the thing. My unpopular opinion take. Here's the thing. If you were in Miami, people would be like, yeah, of course. What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with, you know, it's, there's, that's a, there's a Latin flair to it here in New York. Oh no. You just lost more street cred, Jake. I'm losing street cred left and right tonight. You are. (laughs) I don't have no street cred by the end of the show. You are not. I don't even know. I don't even know if you're going to be welcome. I'm going to be like only uh, accepted at little, little Caesars, you know, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Let's go to Mel. In New Jersey. Mel, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, I wonder if Jake is from Jersey because Jake is saying a lot of New Jersey stuff. But first, right? Um, well, not New Jersey stuff. But first, um, <laughs> pizza to me is all about the ingredients. You know, you, you got to find that real uh, Italian place. I say they've been doing it for like 30 years and the tomatoes taste so fresh and the pepperoni sausage and, you know, peppers taste so fresh in every bite. And another two points, right? Um Papa John's is the only pizza uh, franchise that put pepperoni inside their stuffed crust for me yet. 
And number two, there's a place called Blaze Pizza. It's like the subway of pizza where you can create your pizza right in front of you. And I put like, I like basically made a salad with a pizza. You know, you put like some, some spinach, I mean, some lettuce on it, some pineapple, some strawberries with like, you know, your regular pepperoni, sausage, pepper, mushroom, carbon. And that's delicious, you know? So for you, you and, so thank, thanks for the phone call, Mel. So for you, it's, 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 it's not necessarily the wad. It's not, it's not how the dough is made. It's, it's the ingredients that you put on your pizza. You know, I, I, I do, I do on occasion, I want to say once I haven't done it in a while, but typically like once a year, once every two years, I have a, I have a pizza off. Have you ever heard of that? A pizza off where you, you have your friends come over and everybody bakes a pizza and then, and then everybody eats the pizza, you know, everybody tries the pizza and then, and then you vote. Are you guys and, like Joey Chestnut style, like trying to eat as much pizza as possible? No, it's not uh, about how it's much It's more about pizza. the taste. It's about the taste. And I then gotcha. you vote. Mm. And then we have first, second, third, third place. I think and, you should, you know, spice and, and it and up you win a little money. bit. I think you should just cho- Joey Chestnut, see you can eat the most no. pizza next time. No, no, that's not my. That's not uh, my. That's not my vibe. That's not my groove. That's I think not it's the way a, I it would be a cool vibe. I think the audience would love to see a pizza I'm, eating competition with Anita. Marks. I'm I'm one of those. I'm one of those pizza. I'm one of those pizzas. I'm one of those people where if you and I were to go to, to dinner together, this is what I do. And and it's 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 an oxymoron because I I think for the most part I drive my friends crazy. But also, they love the way I order. I walk in, I order everything on the menu, and then and then I I try a little bit of everything. So I eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I'm a big sharer. If you and I were to go to dinner, I would just it would, I'd be like, all right, we're gonna share. I would just automatically tell you right from the get go, okay, Jake, we're going to share. You might not be a sharer, but you are going to share with me, and I'm gonna order these ten things, okay? And then you're gonna say, okay, Anita, are you paying? Yes, I'm good. Then I'm down. I'm cool. I, I'll what share it, whatever as long what as it it's comes free. down to. And it made me am think I, a little am bit. Am I sporting the bill? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. I'm, I'm yeah. certainly not sporting the bill. But I'm thinking about at my college. I went to school in Long Island. The pizzeria right near my college actually had a five pound pizza challenge mm-hmm. that you had 30 minutes to try to eat the five pound pizza. And if you did, you got like your photo on the wall. I think. A free T-shirt, a $75 gift card or something like that. But a few of my buddies actually did try to do this five-pound pizza challenge, and I don't think any of them succeeded. It's extremely difficult. So, uh, yeah, I think these pizza challenges would be quite funny, whether it's in New York or New Jersey or wherever we're getting these calls from tonight. But uh, it's funny. Pizza really brings out the best in people. Um, quick update here. You've got a Yankees team that are up on the Reds 2-0 top the second. And uh, why will Rizzo with, uh, with uh, an art? Do we have another update? No, that's just some runs for or you're Rizzo. Just, you're, just, you're, just, you're just giving me like, you know, mood, mood, mood music? It's what I do. And yes, Rizzo, as you mentioned, a two <laughs> RBI single. So the Yankees on the board right away giving Garrett Cole some much-needed run support. That is correct, um, and he's still dealing. Meanwhile, the Mets and the Braves, no score. Um, two outs, top of the fourth, runner on first. Who's at bat? I, I can't. For the Mets? Who, yeah. We got Who's at your bat? boy Escobar. Escobar. Yeah, he is my boy, and isn't I got, he? I got I've, a question I've stopped. About... I've stopped. I've stopped putting money on Escobar. Yeah, but that's... here's the thing. Strider, over under seven and a half strikeouts. 
uh, into the fourth, 73 pitches, six strikeouts right now. So that's looking mighty fine. So I, I do have add. a question Jake, for you about Strider. Jake might be sending me another <laughs> bottle of wine. No, wait, you want to send me a pizza e- tonight instead? I'll that send is fine. You, I'll send you some nice pizza. But I'm looking at Strider. <laughs> I don't get to watch many Braves games. I'm sure a lot of people listening, too, unless it's the Mets versus the Braves, don't really watch the Braves religiously. Mm-hmm. This guy, Strider, I mean, I'm a huge Yankees fan, so I've seen – some great mustaches this year. This yeah, dude's, you're jealous. This Do you have dude, mustache envy? This dude, Strider, might have one of the best in the league right now. And we've seen Carpenter, Cortez, even Litke's trying to, like, fit in a little bit. But uh, Strider, for real, I, I'm looking at this stash. This is, like, Tom Selleck, Steve Harvey-level uh, status stash. So, uh, Are you jelly? Are you jelly? You jelly with a stash? It sounds like you're jelly. I can grow a pretty nice stash, too, but I can't strike out, you know, six Mets in less than four innings. So we'll see if I send you the bottle. He's up to 77 pitches, so how much longer can the dude go? We'll see. That mustache might be able to go forever, but the arm? We'll see, Anita. We'll see. Um, This is nomination Tuesday, by the way. Uh, Nominations for the ESPYs came out today, but also nominations for the Emmys came out today. So we're going to do a deep dive into both those in the course of the night with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Keith Stewart will join us at nine o'clock. We've got the open that kicks off on Thursday, big golf tournament this week, all about Tiger Woods. There's some talk and speculation that he's going to retire after the open. Not sure if I believe it or not. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it when I hear it, but nonetheless, uh, we've got uh, a tournament where a lot of many, many people feel that Tiger Woods is going to be active and attractive and aggressive and, and potentially uh, be in the mix on Sunday to possibly win this thing. Could you imagine that will that will be probably one of the best storylines? Not probably. If Tiger Woods were to win the Open, it would hands down be, in my opinion, the best sports story in the history of sports stories. I, I truly believe that it would. Um, so we're going to hear from Keith Stewart. We'll give you a preview of the open. A lot more coming your way. A number of people still wanting to chime in on pizza, of all things. Pizza, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Nothing really new in regard to NBA free agency. I mean, not like a, a news-breaking night tonight, unfortunately. So, you know, here we are talking about pizza. <laughs> yep. And so let's go to Foodie Mark because we're, we're talking about pizza, not a game, not a game. We're talking about pizza. Foodie Mark, welcome in. Hello, Anita. Thanks very much for taking my call. Uh, Jake is great as well. How are you this evening? I'm fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So I'm going to make the glass half full at first because Joe's is a good place, especially to go during the morning hours because then you don't have to go to Domino's or any other place like that. So it's a step up from there. But to start with, um, the best pizza in New York City is affectionately known as the Dasara, D-I-S-A-R-A. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So it's in Brooklyn, and if you know the magazine Bon Appetit, they only list, like, fancy restaurants in America. And this is a regular pizza joint, and it was listed in that. Um, The reason is not just because of the water. They use three cheeses from the rock. They don't grate it. It's not paleo. 
and they don't use one, they use three cheeses. Then the olive oil was from Italy, and it's usually over 100 years old. The, the uh, sauce is a recipe from Italy. The gentleman just passed away. His name is Dominic. He's a legend. And he passed away at um, uh, 90 years old. So this recipe is like a century-old uh, pizza from, uh, from Italy. And there's nothing like it. It's always voted, usually in Zagata's, the best pizzeria in all of New York City. So that's the Farah. Another suggestion I could make is, um, I don't know if you guys, you guys like pepperoni? Who doesn't like pepperoni? Okay. So if you want to go straight to the top on pepperoni, you go to Prince Street Pizzeria. Prince Street Pizzeria, if you Google it and you go pepperoni, is the most incredible slice of pepperoni that you can get. So we've covered pepperoni. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Jersey because there are a couple of places. There's a place in Orange, New Jersey called The Tavern. Their regular slice is sensational. So... Shout out to Jersey, and then in Point Pleasant, there's a place called Rosie's, and that is another sensational. So shout out to Jersey, and then the last one I want to cover because I want to give a little love to the tri-state area is: um, Have you ever been to New Haven for uh, pizza? Can't say I have, Mark. Okay, so there's a place called Frank Peppy's. It's a legend. It's not. It's it's like a legacy. And if you have their white clam pizza at Fine Peppy's, and there's another place called Sally's, it's actually known as a pizza, A-P-I-Z-Z-A, and their pizza there. So if you go to the New Haven area, which is known to be Italian, um, if you go to Fine Peppy's for the white clam and you go to Sally's for the regular, then you go to Gafara in New York for the regular, and then you go to Prince Street Pizza for the pepperoni. Again, I've uh, I've put you on the treadmill for a while. Yeah, no, you you you, uh, you put me. You're I'm. <laughs> you've done you've done more than that, Foodie Mark. Um, you know I'm I don't know I'm I'm subscribing I think, to I think Foodie I'm, Mark I'm subscribing just gave us pizza to uh, for... SoulCycle for the next three years with all that pizza. We have pizza I'm for gonna... every state, I think, every country now. Thank you, Foodie Mark. We uh, we really, but some of those spots are actually I've had and are actually really good. DeFara is delicious. I've been to New Haven is known kind of for uh, like the strip of pizza. I think it's a little overrated, to be honest. You have to wait outside for like an hour, but it is good pizza nonetheless. But all of the places that he mentioned, Prince Street, uh, these are some of the best. So I, if, you, if you call in and you say, hey, my name is Foodie Mark, and you say your name is nickname Foodie, I, I trust your take. I don't know. If you introduce yourself as, if I introduce myself to you as, hey, I'm Foodie Jake, you would trust probably what I say on food. So you know, Mark, we we really do appreciate all of that uh, great pizza insight. Um, let's let's steer this ship back into sports. And uh, as you know, we're really big about the ESPYS here, and it's that time of year. And you can actually go online to ESPN.com and vote for the ESPYS. So, uh, Jake, before we take a break, I just I want to go through some of the uh, the, the you know the the. Uh, the nominations. Awards, the nominations. Thank it. you very much. Okay. So um, so in regard to the ESPYs, again, you go to ESPN.com 
and uh, go to SB's 2022 and you guys can vote. So here you go. Voting for the best football player, um, Cup, Rogers, Taylor, or um, Watt. Now, I immediately want to say Rogers, right? Like quarterback, we know Green Bay Packers couldn't win without him, blah, 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 blah. But to me, what Cooper Cup has been able to do, I, I think is, is, is sensational. So I'm going to vote for Cooper Cup. Again, no disrespect to Rodgers or Taylor in, in what Watt can, does on that defense with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But for me, my vote goes to Cooper Cup. Who are you voting here? Best NFL player. I'm looking at that list. It's funny because it's you really if any of them won, I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, but I think with the Rams winning the Super Bowl, I think they're going to give it to Cooper Cup as well. But we'll see. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a, a a season for the ages for running back. So I don't know. I, I do think because the Rams won the Super Bowl, I think they'll tie that into the best NFL player. But we'll see. Best Major League Baseball player. I'm, I'm not going to go through them all. I'm just going to go to the ones that I think, uh, you know, are, are the most likely, right? And that's um, uh, Otani and uh, an Aaron Judge. Uh, just for the mere fact, like, we're going Aaron Judge here. I, I know it's, you are, too. It's just Otani versus Judge? Well, no. It's, oh. There's four. I'm just, I, I'm, I don't want to, we don't have that much time here on the show. I got I'm, throw, I'm throwing well, out give me the, the two. Let's give out, give me the other two, and we'll pick between. Harper. Look, my kid, my my dog, my kids, my dogs like Harper. <laughs> hey, dogs are uh, dogs are I like mean, kids we, we too. don't need to spend more time. I I know you're gonna go Aaron Judge. I mean, come on. Well, I I, know I, you. I would pick Aaron Judge over anyone, but if this is again kind of basing it off of last season, I think if you're asking me who will win, although Ohtani. Harper, yeah, they're gonna give it to Otani, which yeah. is fine. So I would go if you ask me who would win the best NFL player, I'm going Cooper Cup, and if you ask me who they're gonna give best MLB player. Uh, I would say Shohei Otani. Um, best NHL player: um, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, uh, Roman. Jo- is it Jossie? Josie? But here you go, Shashturkin. You know that's where I'm going with the Rangers. That's who I'm voting for. Yeah, I think all Rangers fans are. He already won. You know, best goalie. It's going to be tough for him to win best NHL player too, but. Uh, just to be one of those four nominations really shows how great of a season he had. Best NBA player, um, Jokic, Embiid, Luka, or Curry? I think, um, here's the thing. I think Jokic is more deserving than anyone, but I think Curry's going to get it because the Warriors won the uh, the championship. Agree? I definitely agree with you there. That's same thing. But, I feel like the ESPYs, as much as I love the ESPYs, they do try to tie in the championship with the best player. So kind of the same thing with Cooper Cup. I think the Curry factor, they just won. Although uh, Jokic won his second straight MVP, um, I think they'll go with Steph Curry here again. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm forwarding through votes that uh, I, I don't think are, are pretty important. I think those are the... Um, are the most important ones. Hold on. Let me see if I, Oh, here we go. Best athlete men's golf, Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler for sure. Uh, you, yeah. you don't even, you don't even, Tiger Woods, baby. Yeah. You, you don't even, you don't even have a vote here. You're right. 
because you have no idea who you're voting for when it comes to golf, do you? I have no idea. You have no idea. Um, Let's go with yeah. Scotty Scheffler. That sounded cool. That was a name, right? Scotty Scheffler? <laughs> well, he won the Masters. I'm um, going with him then. Scotty the- Scheffler, my boy Scotty. <laughs> He want, um, he's having, he's having, he's pretty much having a season for the ages, uh, in, in essence. Um, and so a lot of these are, are, I, I, we're, we're going to stop right there because I, I just, I keep on trying to skip. And, yeah. You and, said and, we're not going to do a bunch and we went through every major sports. Well, one so is I, like I dis- disability women's sports. I, you know, unfortunately, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know who bowling, bowling, best bowler. I don't watch bowling. Do you watch bowling? About now, as much as I watch golf. So now I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a, I'm a good bowler. My average is 185. I'm a good, bo- but I don't that's watch. Re- that's really good, Anita. 185 so, is good for bowling. So I'm impressed. So, I'm impressed. so, a, so little known fact about me: uh, I was on a bowling league when I was younger. So I, 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 I grew up bowling. Um. Well, we do need we do need to break as much as I would love to hear about your bowling days. But before we go to break, it's going to be a nice little tease. All right. Well, before we do really quick. Yes. Last last SB for you. Okay. Best athlete men. Otani Rogers Curry Connor McDavid. So here's the thing. Wait, really? I I think it has to be Otani. I I mean, come on. We, We like a like we haven't seen, you know, somebody of, you know, his skill set and what he's able to do on the rubber as well as, you know, behind the plate in in years, and I doubt we ever will. It has to be Otani. Can I can I say one thing really quick? You can say whatever you want. So the best athlete, men's sports, you have mm-hmm. Steph Curry from the Warriors, you have Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, Otani from the Angels, and Connor McDavid from the Oilers. Mm-hmm. So they have one athlete from, from each, each of the sport. major so wouldn't those four people be the people that are going to win those specific sports like isn't Steph Curry going to win best basketball player if he's the nomination for best athlete from basketball and Aaron Rodgers is the NFL I, I, I don't know but if I had to bet now looking at that that Curry is going to win best basketball player Rodgers is going to win best football player Otani is going to win best baseball player and McDavid's going to win best hockey player so it's a little strange that they made – I don't know. We'll see. But, again, looking at best athlete, if those four people were chosen from their specific sport to represent their major sport, I think they should. Again, why would Steph Curry be in the nomination for best athlete for men's sports and then not even win for his own sport? So, interesting. Interesting stuff there. But I'm excited for the ESPYs. Nonetheless, it's always a great – do we know who's hosting it this year? Do we have a host? Um, who is hosting? It's a good I, question. Um, yeah. I think it says, oh, Steph Curry. It says Steph Curry, honored to be hosting the exciting 2022 ESPY show. So maybe they have some athletes uh, doing some hosting this year. There you go. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. Mets up 1-0. Bottom of the, bottom of the fifth. And uh, you've got a Yankees team. They are up 2-0, bottom of the third. Without further ado, we turn our attention to golf. Don LaGreca's favorite sport, of course. Uh, Keith Stewart joining us, PGA professional, creator of Read the Line. Also hosts a weekly radio show on ESPN 920 AM in, in New Jersey, The Pro Show with Keith Stewart. 
um, and uh, has his own uh, gambling show talking all things uh, to, to bet in regard to golf, tee to green. So excited to have you on. Welcome in. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Keith. Oh, Anita, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait to talk about the, the Open Championship. Yeah, so, you know, of course, the big storyline is going to be all, all about Tiger Woods, right? Like 150th, St. Andrews, his favorite course, all that good stuff. Um, there's also some talk and speculation that he's going to retire after this. I don't know if I believe that or not. As much as he loves golf, I just – hard to, to wrap my head around that. But nonetheless, Keith, what are your realistic expectations for Tiger this week? Well, you know, if you look at the odds makers, Anita, they think he's definitely going to make the cut and most likely he's going to be in the top 40. You know, of all the places that we kind of earmarked for Tiger in 2022, we thought this would be the best one. It's the flattest. He's got a lot of good mojo here. He knows the golf course, his experience, his ability. You know, maybe length isn't a big issue here, but creative shot making is, lag putting. So I I think it's a good fit for him to at least make the weekend and certainly, like the odds makers say, give give you some fair odds for him to be top 40. But past that, I don't know. His health is still in question in my mind. Um, yeah, and, and, and just to give those odds out, for Tiger Woods to make the cut, it's minus 120. Um, for Tiger Woods to finish in the top 20, by the way, it's plus 225, um, which are I, I think are some good odds if, if you're, you know, if, if you're really hopeful uh, and you want to cheer on a good story. Because, I mean, Keith, let, let's be honest. I mean, God, God willing, you know, again, we've, we saw him make the cut at the masters and the PGA championship. Unfortunately, he withdrew out of the PGA championship. He was just in too much pain Uh, Saturday and Sunday at the masters. um, You know, he shot like mid seventies, as you said, this is an easier walking course for him. It's, it's, it's going to be his mind, his creativity. We've seen him win here before, Uh, you know, just hypothetically speaking, if Tiger win, if Tiger Woods wins, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most shocking, like, wow, where, where would you lie in regard to one to 10 shocking if Tiger Wood win Tiger Woods wins on Sunday? Uh, shocking Anita, I'm going to go with a thousand because on a scale of one to 10, uh, I was there in Tulsa. I walked with them on Saturday morning. Uh, I saw the shape that he was in. And, uh, you know, a little background on me. I spent five years as an assistant professional down at Isleworth Country Club from 1998 to 2003. I knew the man, and I knew what he was capable of. I mean, I was there summer of 2000, summer of love. We used to call it 10 wins, $10 million, three majors in a row. I've seen it all. And, and what I saw in Tulsa wasn't great. You know, he really looked like he was still not healthy with that right leg. And, of course, the weather played a factor there. It got really cold on Saturday after that great Friday run to make the cut. So I think that we all just need to kind of pump the brakes just a little bit. Uh, Make the cut for sure. Top 40, I feel pretty good about that. To win, um, that's why I say on a scale of 1 to 10, it'd be like 1,000, Anita, because I just don't know. And I'm the biggest Tiger homer there is. Let me tell you something. You know, I haven't known him for 25 years, but (laughs) – I mean, I think there's only so much he can do with his health, but it would be a great story. You know, you, you mentioned the weather. You know, there's there's conflicting reports out there, right? Like, I'm hearing that weather conditions are going to be pretty mild 
uh, compared to what we've seen in years past. Uh, but there's also, I had a caller who called in who said that, you know, we're, when Tiger, you know, around the time that Tiger Woods is going to tee off, which is, again, that's, so, so let me just rewind. Folks, uh, it's, it's across the pond. So the tournament starts at like 1.30 in the morning on Thursday, FYI. By the time Tiger Woods tees off, it's going to be around 10 a.m., Okay, and by that time, are, are you tracking the weather here? And if so, how intense, how intensely and, and and what weather conditions can we expect for Tiger on Thursday? So I talked to Scotland this morning, uh, did a little celebrity insider interview for Read the Line. And we I spoke to the director of golf over at the Fairmont St. Andrews. So he's in tune with running a golf course about two miles from the old course. And he said that today was going to be the worst day as far as wind goes. Um, they look like the week is going to be pretty much perfect, which is kind of funny when you think about the majors this year. I mean, I remember at the Masters, Scotty Scheffler is wearing a vest. At, at the PGA, like I said, it was cold. It was cold in Boston. I was up there at TCC. And this one seems like it's going to be like high 60s, low 70s, mild wind and maybe a little bit of rain, but it's not going to affect those firm and fast course conditions. They said that that place – is just running perfect like the RNA wants, and that it's going to be a really nice week. Now, anything could change there on the 1st or 4th in a moment's time, Anita, but as of this morning, over in St. Andrews, they think that it's going to be a perfect week for golf. Breeze will pick up in the afternoon, but he's got the PMAM wave. He'll get the balance of it. Right now, the two tee time waves look pretty even as far as things go. Keith Stewart joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, enough with the Tiger talk. We know we're just it's going gonna, it's gonna to be overflow uh, by the time the tournament starts on Thursday. Let's talk about the guys that you are eyeing that you feel really confident could win this, this bad boy, Keith. Who do you like? Give me your top three, top five guys uh, that you, fin- you feel have an, a really good shot of winning, possibly finishing the top five, top ten. Well, my number one choice would be Jordan Spieth. Uh, of all the chalk at the top of the favorites list, he has the best record in the Open Championship. I mean, he's got three top tens in the last four. He's got a win. He was runner-up last year. Uh, it's tough to argue against Xander Shoffley. He would be my second choice. And my third one, I'm going to go with the man who's all business in the front and party in the back, my man Cam Smith, <laughs> the guy who's got the flow. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's definitely – those are my top three. And you'll notice real quick I don't have Rory there. Anita, I think Rory's a real strong contender, but for some reason, I I saw it in Tulsa. I saw it in Boston. I don't know what's wrong with closing the deal, but those other guys, they've been closing the deal better than Rory lately, and uh, I definitely like their chances. And their odds are definitely definitely much better than Rory's. Rory's going off 8-1, 9-1, and that's just a really tough one to bet for an outright. Before I let you go, uh, give me some sleepers out there. Like, for example, I like Jordan Smith. I know he's not a, a household name here in the States because he plays on that uh, the DP World Tour. Saw him make some noise this past week at the Scottish Open. Uh, you know, that's a guy that I'm going to be using in, in a lot of my DFS lineups. Who are some of the other guys that are you feel are l- flying low on the radar, you feel will make the cut, maybe make it in the top 40, and folks might want to use in some DFS lineups this week? All right, if you go down in that 7,000 range, then I love Seamus Power. I love Christian Bezadenhut. If you go a little lower down in that 6,000 range, watch out for Patty Harrington. His form's been great. He's a two-time Open champion. He just won the Senior Open out there at Saucon Valley in Pennsylvania. And I also love Dean Burmeister, who played well last week in Scotland. So there's four guys right there at the bottom of the board. 
And uh, there's an Englishman, too, that I've been watching, Justin Rose. Maybe he's not a long shot, but his odds are about 65 to 1. He's in that plus 6,500 range. Uh, Anita, he might be somebody that, you know, it might be his time. He, he's somebody that can handle the moment there in England. There's no doubt about that. Great stuff, Keith. So appreciate you. Uh, before we let you go, why don't you let the folks know how can they follow you on all things social media? When's your next show? When can they tune in? Okay, so readtheline.com is a weekly newsletter that I provide for all my members. You just go in, go there, subscribe, and we cover all things betting, LPGA and PGA Tour. We're all over the Open Championship this week. Please go there and sign up. Um, Bet online, Tita Green Show, I co-host with Chantel McCabe. That comes out on Wednesdays. You can find it on Bet Online's YouTube channel. And every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'm on ESPN 920 AM, Anita, doing what you do so very well. Uh, the Pro Show with Keith Stewart. We do a little pop culture and golf, and uh, we have a ton of fun. And uh, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for making time for us tonight, Keith. Uh, love your insight. Thank you very much. Again, Keith Stewart joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.